All glories to the Asamat devotees. All glories to the Asamat devotees. All glories to the Asamat devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Garanga. Om Namah Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namah Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namah Bhagavate Vasudevaya. 
We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 6, Chapter 19, Verses 26 to 28, and Canto 7, uh, Chapter 1, Verse 1, because this uh, verse has no purport, these verses. So we have the first verse up here, 26, and then later on I'll read the rest. Kanya chavindeta samakralakshanam Patin tvavirahatakilpisham gatim Mitapajajiva sutataneshari Sudarpagasupagarupam agriyam Ladies. Oh. Uh-huh. 
Sukhagarpahayam. So I'll read the next two verses. Vinded Virupav Virujavi Mochate. Oh, you have it? <laughs> okay. Ya Amaya Vindya Kalyadeham. Itaparan Aputaye Chakarmani. Ananta Chipti Pitti Devatanam. Tushapayat Shanti Samastakaman. Homavasane Huta Bukshiharischa. Rajan Mahan Marutam Janmapunyam. Ditevatam cha bihitam mahate. Kanya, an unmarried girl. Cha, and. Vindeta, can get. Samagralakshanam, possessing all good qualities. Patim, a husband. Chu, and. Avira, a woman without a husband or son. Hatakibsham, free from fault. Gatim, the destination. Mitapraja, a woman whose children are dead. Jiva Sutta, a woman whose child has a long duration of life. Tana Ishari, Possessing wealth. Sudurvaka, unfortunate. Sivaga, fortunate. Rupam, beauty. Agriyam, excellent. Vindet, can get. Virupa, an ugly woman. Virupa, from the disease. Vimuchate, is freed. Ya, he who, Amaya vi, a diseased man, India Kalya Karmani, oh, oh, sorry, no, India Kalya Deham, an able body, etat, this, patan, reciting, abhyudayecha karmani, and in a sacrificial ceremony in which oblations are offered to the forefathers and demigods. Ananta, unlimited. Chiptihi, satisfaction. Pichide Vatanam, of the forefathers and demigods. Tushtaha, being pleased. Prayachanti, they bestow. Samasta, all. Kaman, desires. Homa avasane, on the completion of the ceremony. Hutabuk, the enjoyer of the sacrifice. Shi Hari, Lord Vishnu. Cha, 
Asa. Rajan, Elkin. Mahat, Great. Marutam, of the Maruts. Janma, Birth. Punyam, Pious. Dite, of Diti. Vratam, Thavel. Cha, also. Abhihitam, explained. Mahat, great. Day, to you. Translation. If an unmarried girl observes this vrat, she will be able to get a very good husband. If a woman who is avira, who has no husband or son, executes this ritualistic ceremony, she can be promoted to the spiritual world. So choose which one you want. A woman whose children have died after birth can get a child with a long duration of life and also become very fortunate in possessing wealth. If a woman is unfortunate, she will become fortunate. And if ugly, she'll become beautiful. By observing this rut, a diseased man can gain relief from his disease and have an able body with which to work. If one recites this narration while offering oblations to the pitas and demigods, especially during the Shad ceremony, the demigods inhabitants of Pichiloka will be extremely pleased with him and bestow upon him the fulfillment of all desires. After one performs this ritualistic ceremony, Lord Vishnu and his wife, Mother Lakshmi, the goddess of fortune, are very pleased with him. O King Parikshit, now I have completely described how Diti performed the ceremony and had good children, the Maruts, and a happy life. I've tried to explain this to you as elaborately as possible. So I'll just say a few things and we'll go on to Canto 7 because there's no purport here uh, that yesterday he was talking about. He practically summarized the whole Pungsavan uh, uh, ritualistic ceremony. And so we won't do that today. We heard it yesterday. And uh, so you've heard, and you, so all of you are going to become fortunate by hearing this. Uh, so you've probably been hearing it for a, a couple of weeks already. And so even if you can't do it, if, if you just hear it, you will become fortunate. Everybody will become fortunate. Bhagavatam is for everyone. If you have no desires, are all desires. Bhagavatam is for you. So this. Uh, this verse is because Diti had desires. She did have material desires. And so she did this rut, although it's, it's devotional service, but it's mixed devotional service. It's, it's karma misha. So for those who, who want these different results, you can also do devotional service, and Krishna will give you, and he will elevate you. She got purified. She did get purified. So now we'll go to Canto 7. Chapter 1, verse 1. Shirajovacha samapriya. Oh, you have it, don't you, on your phones? I'll just read it. Save time. Samapriya surit praman bhutanam bhagavan sayam indiasya tikatam daityam avadid vishamo yata. Translation. King Pariksit inquired, My dear Brahmana, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vishnu, being everyone's well-wisher, is equal and extremely dear to everyone. How then did he become partial, like a common man, 
for the sake of Indra, and thus kill Indra's enemies. How can a person equal to everyone be partial to some and inimical toward others? Purport. Bhagavad Gita 9.29, the Lord says, Samoham sarabhuteshu name priya. I'm equal to everyone. No one is dear to me, nor is anyone my enemy. In the previous canto, however, it has been observed the Lord sided with Indra by killing the demons on his count. Therefore, the Lord was clearly partial to Indra, although he is super soul in everyone's heart. The soul is extremely dear to everyone, and similarly, the super soul is also dear to everyone. Thus, there cannot be any faulty, faulty action on the part of the super soul. The Lord is always kind to all living entities, irrespective of form and situation, yet he took the side of Indra just like an ordinary friend. This was the subject of Priksha Maharaja's inquiry. As a devotee of Lord Krishna, he knew very well that Krishna cannot be partial to anyone. But when he saw that Krishna acted as the enemy of the demons, he was somewhat doubtful. Therefore, he posed this question to Shukadeva Goswami for a clear answer. A devotee cannot accept that Lord Vishnu has material qualifications. Maharaj Priksha knew perfectly well that Lord Vishnu, being transcendental, has nothing to do with material qualities. But to confirm his conviction, he wanted to hear from the authority Shukadeva Goswami. Shrivishna Chakravarti Thakur says, Samasikatam Vaishamyam. Since the Lord is equally disposed toward everyone, how can he be partial? Priyasikatam The Lord, being supersold, is extremely dear to everyone. Why then should the Lord display unsympathetic behavior toward the Asuras? How is this impartial? Suhidas Chakatam Tesh Vasau Hardam. Since the Lord says, he is Suhidam Sarabhutanam, well-wisher of all living entities. How could he act with partiality by killing demons? These questions arose in the heart of Priksha Maharaj, and therefore he inquired from Shukadev Vasami. Mukam karati vachalam pangam langa tekirim yakipam tamaham vande shigurun tinatarinam oma jnana timarandasya jnananjana shakaya Chakshu Aminitam Yena Tasamai Shigravenama. So the first thing uh, that the purport is emphasizing is the Lord is beyond the material laws. He's not under the laws of material nature. And we respect that and we believe that. We know that when Krishna comes here, he comes as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, we read Krishna book, then we understand the first, first thing we learn is Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is not under the laws of material nature. He, his body is eternal, Satchitananda. It, it is not like our bodies, which are material. Asat achit nirananda. Uh, we don't have very happy bodies. So uh, even other, not only our religion, other religions respect the fact that God is beyond the laws of material nature. So I recently heard one story in Bhagavatam class, which I'll share with you, to show how um, the Lord is beyond the laws and other, and people respect that. Uh, those who worship the Lord respect how the law, Lord is above the laws, um, not only of material nature, but the laws of the land. Um, so one time, um, 
the Pope, the Pope is the head of the Catholic Church, you know, he's the top leader, the Pope. So he was um, being driven in his limousine to one place. And then he, he decided, actually I haven't, I, I used to drive and I used to like driving, but I didn't drive for a long time, I wanna drive. So he told the driver, you're going back and I'm gonna drive this car. So the Pope was driving the car, you know, the top of the Christian church, the uh, Catholic church. But he, was, he got overexcited and he started speeding. So the police, police called him over to the side and uh, so he pulled down the window and then the policeman looked at him and he said, oh my God, it's the Pope. Um, so then he went and called up his, uh, uh, his senior officer and said, yeah, I got a problem here. Um, you know, uh, I, I pulled someone over for speeding, but it, it's the Pope. I, I don't know who's in that car, but the Pope's driving it. <laughs> so he was thinking, oh my God, God might be in that car. Um, <laughs> so uh, so he's, he's thinking, um, he's beyond the laws, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, the Lord is beyond the laws of material nature. But uh, of course, the main thing, the main thing about this question is, and about this chapter, the whole beginning of this chapter, and this whole canto, the question is, is the Lord partial? And we will see uh, the answer um, when Jai and Vijay, of course, they were already cursed in a previous canto, and now they're going to incarnate as demons. So we will see how the Lord is, how the Lord is partial to the devotees and the demons. Now, Kunti Devi, in her prayers, she, she also uh, talked about how the Lord is not partial, but people think he's partial. So there's a verse, uh, 1829. O Lord, no one can understand your transcendental pastimes, which appear to be human and are so misleading. You have no specific object of favor, nor do you have any object of envy. People only imagine that you are partial. Yeah, sometimes we, we think, you know, somebody's rich, somebody's poor. Um, I think the Lord is partial here. You know, why is he giving somebody so much money? Why is he... Um, taking away the money of somebody. But actually with his devotees, even devotees suffer. And you wonder, how come? You know, now I became a devotee, why am I suffering also? But it's, the Lord is not partial, but he's helping us by giving a token piece of karma. He, he does reduce our karma so that we can go back to Godhead quicker. Otherwise it would take us so many lives. We did millions of lives of karma and now this one life, we're going to finish all of it. So, you know, it's, something may happen. So, but people don't understand, why does Krishna come here? Um, it's, it's bewildering. Uh, why, why does Krishna come? Um, Sri Prabhupada said he doesn't need to come to kill the demons. You know, just a tsunami can, be, can kill lots of demons in a moment. And, you know, and, and the demons are doing a good job and they're making plans to destroy a lot of each other. And so this is happening nowadays, we can see. 
Krishna um, do, doesn't need to come here. Um, and he doesn't have to come to give protection to devotees. He, just by his will, he can protect devotees. But he does come to protect the devotees. Um, so Prabhupada says the reason why he comes is he takes a pleasure pastime. Let me go and see what's going on here. Uh, let me see what I can do. And it's not, so he, when the governor comes to the prison, not that he becomes a prisoner. The prisoner may say, oh, look, look, I'm the same as the governor. He came here, I'm here, he's in the prison, I'm in the prison. So that's when they see Krishna, they think, oh, Krishna came here, he's God, I'm also God. Um, yeah, they may think like, they think like that, yes. He, if, what's the difference between Krishna and me? So, um, but Kunti, she was trying to clarify the matter for people who think Krishna was partial to the Pandavas and envious of the crews, because he always took the side of the Pandavas. So then we heard in this sixth canto, he took the side of Indra. Um, so material nature, everyone is envious of each other. And if somebody satisfies my sense gratification, he's my friend. And that's temporary. If the sense gratification is disturbed, again, envious. So the real nature of this world is enviousness, uh, jealousness, color. So those who are jealous and envious are in this material world. And those who are not in the, are in the spiritual world. So we can test ourselves. If we're envious of our friends or others, we're in the material world. And if we're not envious, we're in the spiritual world. You don't have to even go there. You can be in the spiritual world right now if you're not envious. So it's good to try not to be envious or catch yourself when you're feeling envious. Envious means, oh, that person has something I want, I should have it. It's not, I don't have enough. First, it, the root is that you're not satisfied. You think, oh, it never, nothing's enough. I need more, I need more. The richest man, one of the richest men, used to be, now he left his body, he died. Um, I can't remember, I think, uh, I can't remember his name. But uh, one time they asked him, what's your philosophy? And he said in one word, he summarized his whole philosophy, more. <laughs> that was his philosophy. <laughs> he had billions of dollars, but it wasn't enough. Wasn't enough, yeah. So, um, yes. Yeah, I was just reading about um, the biography of Jayapataka Maharaj, and in the early days in Mayapur, he was, even he was a sannyasi, but he didn't have a car. He was riding a bicycle miles, I mean, Kilometers, I don't know, you do kilometers here. No, so many, a few kilometers to buy wood and stuff for building the buildings. They were starting the construction and, and all he had was a bicycle to carry everything. And he came to the merchant who owned the hardware store. And, and of course, on the way he was chanting, he was smiling, he was happy chanting Hare Krishna. And then he was chanting and the merchant looked at him, How, why are you so happy? Why are you so happy? He said, I have a big house, I have two cars, I have this big shop, I'm not happy. Why are you happy? <laughs> so yes, he came from a millionaire family. His, his father and grandfather were millionaires. And, but uh, he left everything, to ride a bicycle, sleep on the ground, and, and a lot of us did that. We weren't millionaires, but we, did, we, we used to have a bed to sleep on, but 
<laughs> when we came to India, there were no beds. We had to sleep on a chatai on the floor <laughs> for 18 years. I did that. So um, anyway, Kunti says, you're playing the part of a human being. Looks like you're partial and you're envious. Partial to someone, envious of someone. This is very bewildering. So we know the history. Krishna killed Putana. She was very envious of him, but he gave her elevation to the position of his mother. So if you do a little service to Krishna, it will save you from the greatest danger. So Kunti says Krishna is equal to everyone, just like government is equal to everyone. So Prabhupada asked the question, why is somebody going to university and taking his MA degree? And why is someone going to the prison? Is the government saying, you go to prison, you go to the university? No, it's our choice. We make the choice. Uh, and then you can't go to prison and say, well, why is God doing this to me? No, <laughs> you did it. You did something. So you're in the prison. And so it's our choice. Somebody's rich, somebody's poor. Uh, it's all due to karma. We have our karma. And so Prabhupada explains that in the purport, foolish people think devotional service is flattering the Lord to get special mercy. But the pure devotees engaged in transcendental loving service of the Lord are not a mercantile community. Of, of course, in the beginning, it's like that. The people come, four types of people come to Krishna consciousness. You need money. Uh, you, um, some people come for opulence. Some people come because they're in distress. Some people are curious. They want to know. And some come for knowledge. And so, yeah, I was giving a Bhakti Shastri class, and I was asking the devotees, so how many of you came because you were distressed? And most of them... Well, not in the Bhakti Shastri, maybe half. And then, uh, how many came for money? One person raised a hand. And actually, he became the treasurer of the temple. <laughs> so, <laughs> came, he got money, but it went through his hands. <laughs> yeah, I think I had that in my chart. Lots of money. So I was doing uh, book distribution, so it was going through my hands. <laughs> it was like... Oh, yeah, okay, lots of money, uh, yeah, I saw it, <laughs> but I didn't keep it. <laughs> yeah, just like a banker, we're bankers for Krishna. So, um, so the, the mercantile house renders service to someone in exchange for values. The pure devotee does not render service to the Lord for such exchange, and therefore the full mercy of the Lord is open for him. So the suffering men the needy men, the inquisitive persons, or philosophers, they make temporary connections. And then once they get what they want, then okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Maybe they don't even say thank you, but they just leave and, and they say, okay, I got my money, I, I'm happy. Um, so, but no, uh, a suffering man, if he's pious, he prays uh, for help, but as soon as the recovery is over, then most cases he doesn't care to worship the Lord. Um, the, so Prabhupada says, the mercy of the Lord is open for him, but he is reluctant to receive it. So is there some mercy that you don't want? Did you ever think about it? Uh, are you reluctant to receive some of the mercy, or are you open for all of it? <laughs> yes, yeah, so, yes, sometimes we're reluctant. And that's the difference between a pure devotee and mixed devotee. Right. So Prabhupada says, who gets the full mercy if you're 10% engaged in service of the Lord? And 
partiality in receiving the Lord's mercy is relative to the recipient. It's how much open we are to how much mercy we get and how much partial the Lord will be to us, actually. It's very interesting. Later on in this chapter, a few verses later, I think verse 12, it says, uh, yes, the Lord, um, time, of course, time is a representative of the Lord, and we'll talk about time on um, the 24th, that class. We'll talk about time because it's relevant to the verse. Um, but time favors the, the mode of goodness. So, yes, it might seem like the demons are in control and they're disrupting everything, but no, the mode of goodness will come and time will favor uh, the mode of goodness. And so Krishna is compared to the sun, his impartiality. The sun is equal to everyone shining on, on the poor man's house, the rich man's house. Uh, so you just have to take advantage of it. But if we close our doors, close our windows, and don't let the sun inside, then, then we won't get it. We won't get the sunlight. So same thing, Prabhupada gives the example, if you keep the sun to your back, then you'll just simply see a long shadow of your body. You won't see the sun. You'll see a shadow. So um, that's all. If you turn towards the sun, you won't see the shadow. You'll see light. So Krishna is everywhere. Krishna is giving his mercy equally. And um, as back to Godhead, where there is God, there is no nations. Another example Prabhupada gives, uh, if you fly, I used to fly a lot. If you fly in the airplane in the morning and go west and keep going, you won't see the sunset. And I had that experience. I was, because I was, you know, chanting my Gayatri. I, you know, I started in India, I chanted my first Gayatri, then the, the flight landed somewhere in Europe, and I chanted my second Gayatri. Third Gayatri was supposed to be in Ireland, so I was waiting for sunset. Nine o'clock, no, 10 o'clock, no, this was summer in Ireland. Finally, the plane was landing about 11.30 and the sun was also <laughs> starting to come down. Yeah, so yeah, if you just keep going, you, know, you won't see the sunset. Go fast enough. So if we keep ourselves in Krishna consciousness, then we'll always get the mercy. That's, that's for us. Uh, now, um, what is the mercy? Well, um, if you're really advanced, uh, if you're really advanced, then Krishna will take everything away. So. We're not so advanced, so don't worry. Krishna won't do it. Um, I know some people get anxious. So when I was in Russia uh, preaching, and somebody, uh, if I chant Hare Krishna, will I lose everything? <laughs> no, no, don't worry about that. That's only for advanced devotees. Um, and we are not advanced. It happened to Prabhupada. He, he said, um, Prabhupada said, uh, okay, I got the order to preach from my guru. That was 19... 22, he was 25 years old, and he thought, okay, I'll preach, but let me become rich first, and then I'll finance everything. I'll finance the preaching. And astrologer told you, yes, you should be as rich as Birla, who's, uh, who was very rich in those days. And Prabhupada, he had a factory, but he lost everything. Krishna took everything. And then when everything was taken away, he said, okay, Krishna, you're my only shelter. So Prabhupada, this was, he was speaking in the set, around 1970, that's when I joined. 
And he was saying, now I'm realizing I have not lost, I have gained. He said, I had five children, now I have 500 children. And of course, later he got 5,000 children. <laughs> it's 5,000 yeah, he initiated. And so Krishna is the only shelter. If you lose things for Krishna's sake, that's not a loss. It's not a loss. It's the greatest gain. Naratam Das Thakur says, Haha Prabhu Nanda Sutta Vishabhanu Sutta Juta Karana Karahoibara Narotama Dasaka Inatera Rangapai Tomabine Keachiamara. So Krishna, except for you, I have nothing to claim. I have no possessions. You are my only possession. And so this is good. This is good if you depend on Krishna. Um, yeah, in the early days, it was like that, but we, we were really depending on Krishna. And uh, yeah, we didn't have any money, we just had enthusiasm <laughs> and desire to please Prabhupada. And, and that, was, that kept us, uh, even though it was a little bit austerity in the beginning. Uh, it was like I was in Boston, we didn't really have enough to eat during the week. And what we had to eat was difficult to eat because they would give us porridge in the morning, very thick, and on a paper napkin, and it would stick to the napkin, and we'd have to eat the napkin <laughs> pretty much along with the porridge. Luckily for dinner and lunch, we had wax paper to eat on, <laughs> no plates or anything. But yeah, anyway, but the feast came, then we were very happy, and we stocked up for the week because we had very opulent feasts, Sunday feasts there. So, um, yes, like we had like 10, 12 preparations. Um, it was really everything, so many sabjis and pakoras and, yeah. So, so when everything's taken away, then Krishna's the only solace. So then we become happy, we become happy. And we don't have to worry anymore, we depend on Krishna. So Brahma Samhita, um, it is said, Goloka eva nivasat yakilapa bhuto. He's Krishna's in Goloka Vrindavan. He has nothing to do. All he, has, all he wants to do is enjoy with his devotees. And, he, and um, the coward boys, the gopis, they're completely free of worries, no worries. Um, because they're, actually Prabhupada said they're more free than Krishna, because Krishna sometimes worries. And when, like when the coward boys went in the mouth of Agasara, Krishna was saying, oh, no, this is, what am I going to do now? So, uh, yeah, he went and he saved them. But they're, they're confident. They're laughing and joking and going into the mouth of Agasara. <laughs> and it was like um, in the early days, Harinam in Los Angeles, I wasn't there, but I heard that um, Vishu Jamaraj would lead the devotees and there was heavy smog. You know, in those days, they weren't, they weren't controlling the air, air quality at all. And uh, so he would say, okay, we're going into the belly of Agasura on Harinam today. <laughs> because it was very much like that, dark and gloomy and smoky. and You couldn't, anyway, but they were doing Harinam like 10, 12 hours a day. That was our, that was our sadhana in the early days, Harinam. So, um, Krishna has some anxiety to save his devotees, but devotees have no anxiety. So that's what it means to be surrendered. 
Now when Durvasa offended Ambarish Maharaj, the Lord said, I'm under the control of my devotees. I'm not at all independent because my devotees are devoid of material desires. I sit only in the course of their hearts. Well, you might think, well, I'm not such a good devotee. Maybe, I don't know if Krishna is there. Um, but here's something for us. What to speak of my devotee? Even those who are devotees of my devotee are very dear to me. So that we can say. I'm a devotee of a devotee. Um, you have your guru, you have Prabhupada, we have the whole parampara. We are devotees of the devotees. Uh, so then Krishna will be pleased with us too. He will be happy. So, um, and pra- yeah, so I already talked about that. When Prabhupada was here, we had no opulence, high spirits, a lot of hope. And uh, we thought, of course, you know, I know when I joined, I had tried other gurus before and then saw, and it didn't really work. I didn't become God, as they said, or liberated. But um, when I asked the devotees, so what's your process? So they said, Chan, dance, and eat. Okay. If I chant, dance, and eat, what can I expect to get? They said, you will see God. I said, oh, yes, I want to see God. I don't want to be God. And so, yes, you will see God. And we are seeing God every day. We're lucky. We're lucky. Um, So uh, we chant also. Prabhupada gave us the chanting. And Kunti also talks about that, how uh, the Lord can be easily approached, but only by those who are materially exhausted. And you cannot chant. If, you, if you're proud of your um, uh, respectable parentage, opulence, high education, bodily beauty, you cannot approach with sincere feeling. So, uh, yes. So this is intoxication. Everyone's intoxicated with these things. They, they think, yeah, the more if I have a, a Tesla car, I think, I don't know if that's true here, but in America it is. Um, my son got a Tesla car, even though he can't afford it. But, uh, you know, just <laughs> the idea um, of having it. And, um, and so it's like a fever. People who try to accumulate more and more, it's like they're increasing the fever of material existence. There's Prabhupada told a story. One rich man's wife had a fever, and the servant had a fever too, this maidservant. Doctor came, and doctor said, oh, the maidservant has a very high fever, very serious. But the wife, not so much, just little. So the wife got angry. How come she has more than me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's how it is. In the material world, everyone is thinking, how come they have more than me? I should have more. That's everybody, and that's why they're working so hard. So hard, people are working. So Prabhupada said, he was speaking in Mayapur. That's why I'm so much after book distribution. If we become like the materialists, then Krishna will be finished. So we should always remember, we have the nice house, for our, not for our comfort. People will come because they're not used to it. If I was sitting under the tree in Mayapur, who's going to come and see me? So we had to build this nice guest house. We had to build this nice temple. So people will come. Now they're doing TOVP, and the whole world will come. The whole world will come just to see the TOVP, to see the planetarium, to see the museum, to see the deities. And so that was Prabhupada's plan.
that was Prabhupada's plan. That was Prabhupada's contribution. And uh, that, uh, so just like um, the Goswamis, they had their own life. They were living one night under one tree, another night under another tree. But Prabhupada said, this vairagya is not possible for the Western people. If we just had a tree here in Melbourne, who's going to come and see us? Uh, so we had to build this nice temple. We're not attached. We don't think, oh, this is my room, that's my room. Um, no. We use it for Krishna. So Prabhupada was very detached. He was, um, even though he had palaces all over the world to stay in, uh, like up, upstairs, beautiful room up there, uh, beautiful place. So um, 1977, he went to Bhuvaneshwar, and that land, we also stayed there one night, my husband and I. And it was like a jungle, full of mosquitoes, snakes, scorpions, and very far from the city center. And so people were afraid of dacoits. And so all the arrangements were made for Prabhupada to stay very comfortably in the government state guest house. But Prabhupada rejected. He said, no, I will stay only where my disciple, Gargovinda Maharaj, has built a mud hut for me. He liked the mud hut, and he said, this is very good for spiritual life. So he stayed there for 17 days. And it was, yeah, I, I stayed in that hut. You have to sleep on the floor. Maybe they got a bed for Prabhupada, I don't know. But uh, it was, yeah, not good. I mean, not, well, we were used to the austerity, so it, for us, it didn't make a difference, the mud hut or the Calcutta temple. You had to sleep on the floor there, too. <laughs> and there were mosquitoes and rats and everything. So, but we should remember that whatever we have, it's for Krishna's service. And if we think, um, oh, I'll live comfortably in a nice house and eat and sleep, no, you won't get Krishna. And so, yes, um, we should always remember that. Um, so I'll stop here, and if we have any questions, you can ask at this point. We understand that Krishna's mercy is available to everyone, but then when we surrender or take shelter, then then Krishna is partial to the devotees. Can can you? Yeah, he says in Bhagavad Gita, as you surrender to me, I reward you according accordingly. Yeyatamam pravartante. As they surrender to me, I reward them accordingly. So yes, as we surrender, because the more we surrender, it means the more we're open. If we don't surrender, that means we're closing ourselves off from Krishna. So then we can't expect to get the mercy if we don't accept it. If, we, if we're not open for it, and then it will be very hard to get it. Same thing like when you're chanting Japa. Krishna is coming in the form of his holy name. But if we are distracted, yes, like with the cell phones um, especially, um, Sachinanda Maharaj calls them weapons of distraction. <laughs> Not destruction, but distraction. <laughs> so if we are distracted, then we won't get the mercy. We have to be focused and yeah, have attention, have attention to what we're doing. And then we can get more mercy. Hmm? 
Yeah, anybody else have a question? Yes? Hold on. <laughs> We're talking about austerities and how in your times um, there were so many austerities that you all went through. So uh, sometimes we can have this misconception that do I really need to like perform a lot of austerities and suffer only then Krishna will be pleased? <laughs> it's not necessary to perform austerities to please Krishna. Uh, but actually, Prabhupada has given us austerity, follow the four negative principles. That's our austerities. That's what, he, that's what we're expected to do. It's so austerity for Kali Yuga. And maybe not all the, maybe it's not so difficult because you're Indian, but tea, tea drinking was a problem for a lot of people in India. I don't know, people do tell me that <laughs> from India that, you know, that I couldn't give up the tea. You know. And one, one, I was seeing, a, a reading again the biography of Chaipatak Maharaj, and one Indian man was just seeing the austerities, devotees were going to jail and so many things, and he says, I cannot even give up drinking tea. <laughs> I'm vegetarian, I'm following the other things, but tea, no. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not necessary. That the only necessary austerity is um, to follow the four regular principles and chant Hare Krishna. Ch Hare Krishna may be an austerity for the beginners, too. To, to do to your 16 rounds, maybe it's a big austerity. It takes a lot of time. So that's your austerity. But for us, see, we were young, and we were kind of revolutionary, so hippies, a lot of us, and we, wanted, we really wanted to change the world. And we thought, you know, some, I mean, people thought, we'd, I didn't think so, but a lot of hippies thought you ha it has to be by overthrowing the government. But then we got Prabhupada's books, and, and the concept of a spiritual revolution was so much better. I could see the people who wanted the revolution were no different from the ones who they wanted to turn over. They were the same. They wanted the same things. And what, what's going to be better if they do that? So then Prabhupada, he, in the first canto of Bhagavatam, he said this Bhagavatam is meant for a revolution in this mm, uh, misguided civilization. It's meant for a revolution. The words Bhagavatam. So yeah, we said, yes, we want revolution. <laughs> but the revolution is change of heart, not by fighting and killing and all that. It's the revolution is, is, is a change of devotional service, change of heart, as Bhagavatam says. Uh, so yeah, and so for us, all these austerities, they were not austerities. It was like an adventure, because we were young. And I went to India when I was 24. It was very exciting. and. Uh, <laughs> I felt actually much happier in India than in America. I really, really liked Calcutta. And <laughs> instead of America, was, no, I never felt at home in America. Calcutta was much more home. Uh, and it was, it was, yeah, it was an adventure. Oh, we were serving Krishna. We were serving the deities. So, so what if we sleep on the floor and, and you know, fight the cockroaches and the mosquitoes? And <laughs> <laughs> because we're serving Krishna. Yeah, so it's, it's okay, you know. Krishna will take care of us. Krishna will give us his mercy. So we got a lot of mercy. And we got a lot of mercy when we were Pujari in Calcutta. And um, 
You just, I felt like, we felt like we were in the spiritual world. We were with Krishna. We were not in Calcutta. So we got, we got really special mercy from Krishna for doing that, doing austerities. And for us, it, you know, we were young. It wasn't austerity. It was fun, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never regret, I don't regret it, giving my youth uh, for Krishna. <laughs> Yeah, any other questions? Mm-hmm, over here. Mataji, if uh, there is a, a devotee somewhere, for example, and people in the external world, outside world, they do dishonest behavior or racist behavior, mm. so is that part of this devotee's past karma or it's the other person's karma who is inflicting miseries onto this devotee? So some devotee is suffering from yeah, some... Yeah, that's just a scenario. I just need to know. So and your question is... is if it a devotee is su uh, suffering uh, as a result of um, misconduct from others, so uh, is that the past... Okay, if a devotee is suffering from misconduct from others, um, well, uh, the karma is being... It's not karma, but it's Krishna. Yeah. But Krishna is reducing the karma. Yeah. He, is, he should be already dead, but he's not dead. He's just alive suffering. Um, so if that devotee has the mentality that, you know, uh, actually a good, good chapter to read in Bhagavatam is 11th Canto, chapter 23, Song of the Avanti Brahman. He was, he was very miserly Brahman, very rich, but he didn't share his wealth even with his family or himself. And nobody liked him, and so then um, he lost everything. He lost all his riches, and everyone abandoned him. Mm. And then he took sannyas, mm. and he started traveling, and then people were mis so badly treating him. Mm. And he was asking the question, well, is it due to karma? Is it due to the planets? Is it due to the demigods? And then he came up with one answer. Why, why am I suffering? Due to the mind. The mind is making me suffer. Mm. So you know, usually your mind causes so much suffering, even disease your mind can cause. And um, so there are examples of people who went to concentration camps uh, in, in the 30s or 40s, I can't, 40s it was, yeah. And the ones who survived were the ones who had control of their mind mm. and their response to what was happening. So they were being very severely mistreated, mm. but um, they came out positively mm. um, because they kept their mind positive. Mm. And uh, so we have a lot to be positive about. We do have Krishna. We, we should, I mean, when difficulties happen, we should also, I mean, thank Krishna. Yes, thank you. No, okay, I have, there's a lesson here I need to learn. Please tell me what lesson this is. And then you can progress. Um, usually, um, if something happens to somebody who's not a devotee, they say, why, why is God doing this to me? Mm. If, if it happens to the devotee, then he thinks, oh, well, Krishna is reducing my karma. Mm. I should have, Prabhupada gave the example, you get a cut on your finger, you should have had your whole hand cut off. Mm -hmm. So, Krishna does reduce your karma. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, he reduced my karma when I had COVID. I only had it for three days and I didn't get fever. Because I had to go, on the ninth day, I had to go and do seminars in Nepal. From India, I had to fly. So he, he helped me reduce my karma. When I got to Nepal, I was thinking, why do I have to sleep so much? <laughs> so then I understood, okay, maybe it's the reaction of the COVID that I'm not, you know, somehow I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm doing, but I, I just need to rest. But anyway, yeah, I could see in my life a lot of times how Krishna reduces the karma of, of it. Any, okay, any other questions? Okay, Jai, I'll go to Shri Prabhupada, Hare Krishna.